Spirit of the Lord is here today to minister to us. Um, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Next Sunday is so important. We're having our healing service. It's at the end of uh, our fast. And so we're having a healing service. Um, it's going to be great. I never ever concern myself about whether somebody's going to be healed or not. I've seen it. God is healed. Blind eyes, deaf ears, the dumb speak. I've seen that. God does his thing. And so, I, I, because he's so faithful, I don't have to concern myself about it. All we have to do is get excited about it and bring the sick. That's all. doesn't matter what they have. It's cancer. It doesn't matter what it is. Just bring them here next uh, Sunday morning. And you be excited that Jesus is going to be Jesus among us. And he'll show up. Believe me, he'll show up. And he'll heal. Uh, if you're sick, um, if, if you meet with somebody who is sick, uh, be glad. Tell them, come, God's going to heal you. Don't be afraid to tell them. Why? Because God is faithful to his word. And he won't disappoint you. You don't have to have, uh, you know, anxiety in your heart. and say, well, I told him God's going to heal him. What if God, there is nothing like that. That's unbelief. God will not disappoint you if you will be bold to step out of the boat and walk on water. If they are willing to come, your God will confirm. Amen? So let's get excited. I don't know if the usher said, do we have a... Do we have a... The cards? Ushers, please help. I want you to invite at least three people. We want the place filled with people. It's, it's funny when we go, when I go overseas for ministry, the first day they've heard we have flyers out all over the place. God's going to heal you. And some of them say, well, I'm going to go try and see. And they get it there. That's the first night. And God heals the people. And they go back. And then the next night you're thinking, God's healed a lot of them now. Uh, we don't need to pray much for the sick. Guess what? They went out and told all of their friends and they got more people come. And then more, because God keeps healing. God loves to heal people, to make people well. That's why he came. So please take the cards, invite at least three people, and uh, ask them to, be, to join us here in worship. Uh, God, we will worship God just like we did this morning, and the Spirit of God will walk among us. Amen? Make an effort. Sometimes it takes you connecting, just you. To connect somebody with eternity. So important. Just you. Just by inviting somebody. You can connect them with eternity. With God forever. Forever. And forever they will be grateful. That you said something to them about going to church. They may not even know why they want to go. But after God has touched their lives. Uh, they will never forget. The one who led me to Christ. I still remember him till today. 
And it's been many years. I won't tell you how many. Okay. okay. It's been too many years. Amen. Today, I want to uh, bring a message to you. It's titled, Abraham's Blessing. But I really like to call it, The Blessing. The Blessing. And... Um, the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3, beginning from verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That... The blessing, notice it didn't say a blessing, right? Is the blessing. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Not just children of Abraham by birth or by DNA or lineage, but also Gentiles. So there is a thing in the Bible called the blessing. And the blessing, God describes it, the same blessing that Abraham had to come upon your life. The blessing. Not a blessing. Not a few here and there blessing. No, it's the blessing that stays with you. It continues with you. It never ends. It never leaves you. It's always it covers you. It goes with you. It comes from the east and it comes from the west. It comes from the north and it comes from the south. You are surrounded with this blessing. It's called the blessing. And it's the blessing of Abraham. It was given to Abraham and his children. But when Christ removed the curse of the law, then we Gentiles can also come under that umbrella of blessing. And then we are covered with this blessing that goes with us everywhere you go. So David says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So it is not a blessing that comes in for one time and is gone. This is a 24-7 blessing. Every single minute, every single hour, you are covered with the blessing. Abraham's blessing. The same blessing Abraham received upon us. Why is it called Abraham's blessing? Why? You see, it's a blessing that comes through faith. That's how Abraham got into it. You see, from the beginning of time, God was looking for people that will worship Him. You know, the Bible tells us He came to seek those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. After the fall, God was looking for people to worship Him. But you can't worship God except through faith. And so God started working. God gets so excited when we can believe in Him. The first person, the Bible tells us, you can read in Hebrews chapter 11, 
<laughs> it tells us the very first person that walked with God, with regards to faith, was Abel. Son of Adam. And the Bible tells us God, because he was a man of faith, even after his death, he was still speaking from the earth. That was the first man of faith. But he went on. And then there was another one. Enoch by name. And he says, Enoch walked with God. You can't walk with God except through faith. Hello. Enoch walked because without faith it's impossible to please him. And the Bible says, God was so pleased with Enoch, he just took him from the earth. Friend, come stay with me. Pulled him out of the earth. That was the second one. But you know, God had a, God had a plan. He has said to, uh, to, to the devil, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. And so God has an agenda on the earth. And you're part of it. Amen? Amen. There was God's agenda. And then after that, God dealt with another man of faith called Noah. Noah was a man of faith. Everybody was acting crazy in the world. And God said, I'm going to kill all of them. I'll kill every single one of them. I'm telling you, I won't just kill every one of them. I will even kill the ants. Just two. Two left. Yes. God will kill them. And you know, Noah... He said he found favor with God. Why? He was a man of faith. He says, by faith, Hebrews tells us that by faith, he built the ark. He's never heard of rain before. But when God told him about opening the windows of heaven, he believed it. And he built the boat. And God was pleased. Remember, windows of heaven. I'm going to say this ahead of time. There's only two times you hear the word windows of heaven been opened two times and the rain came God was pleased with him but then came another man Abraham Abraham's faith was different Abraham's faith was deeper and more precious to God than the rest of them notice we're not going to be called children of Noah. Right? At the end of Abraham. Abraham's blessing. There was something deeper in Abraham's faith. Let me go back to the scripture. Galatians chapter 3 tells us this. In verse 6 and 7. It says, Just as Abraham... Believed God. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So Abraham's faith brought him into righteousness with God. And any man that wants to be righteous before God, guess what? You must believe God. You must believe what Jesus has done on the cross. Abraham believed God and it was accounted uh, to him for righteousness. Therefore, because of that, therefore know that only those 
Please say with me, only those. Only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So if you are going to partake of the blessing, the only way to get there is faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross for us. Once you place your faith in that, God declares you righteous, just like righteous Abraham, and you become a a friend of God. We have believed in Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says Abraham was referred to as this, a friend of God. You know, we have a song, I am a friend of God, right? Now, that was from Abraham. But Jesus said, because of your faith in me, I don't call you servants. I call you friends, just like Abraham. Because when you believe in Jesus, you come under the umbrella of the blessing. And it's the path we've been talking about that runs with abundance. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Now, in verse 26, it says, For you are all sons of God. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You don't become a child of God in any other way. You can't become a child of God by being a good person. It doesn't work that way. You have to believe on what Jesus did on the cross. That's when, how you come under the blessing. It's not by being good. Even though after God has declared you righteous, because God has declared you righteous, something changes inside of you, and you can't help yourself, you will be good. <laughs> because God has made you good. By faith. Your life is transformed. So it says in verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And in verse 29, it says, If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's child. You don't have to come through his lineage, natural lineage. Just by faith, you bring Christ into your life. And when you bring Christ into your life, you become Abraham's seed just like Isaac. You may not feel that way, but that's the way God sees you. You are one of His. You are a friend of God. That's why it's called good news. You are a friend of God. You come under this blessing of Abraham. Now, that's how we get into the blessing of Abraham. But let's go back. What are we talking about here? Was the blessing of Abraham? Because it's not a blessing. Now, Deuteronomy 28 says, All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Amen. May it knock you over. May you never recover. But all these blessings, God says, the blessing. What happened? How did Abraham obtain this word, the blessing, that we are supposed to come under? Notice what it says. You know, it tells us, I need to go back to that. That's in First Corinthians, I mean Galatians chapter 3. It says, that, that's verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Don't forget that because I'm coming back to it. That we might receive the promise of what? The Spirit. 
through faith. There's a story, there's a reason for that. Now, let me tell you about how Abraham obtained his blessing. Now, Abraham, Abraham was the son of Terah. Terah had three children. Uh, uh, Abraham was first, and then Nahor and Haran. These were three children of, uh, of Abraham. Haran had his son, Lot, and then Haran died. And kind of a brother, uh, uncle took Lot to himself. That's my brother's son. That's the way they were. But they lived in the southern part of Iraq. Her of the Chaldean. They lived there. Now, in their time, in her, they were mainly idol worshippers. They worshipped idols, all of it, and gods made with hands. And the god that they, the they worshipped the most, well, they put their gods on, on hills and mountains. But the God that they worship the most will be on the highest mountain. Amen? So the God that they place on the highest mountain around, that was the God that most, they mostly worshipped. They worshipped other gods, but it, many of them, most of them will worship the one at the top. But you know, Abraham's family, Terah, they were getting a new revelation. They were beginning to enter into a new revelation about God. And they rejected all the idol gods. They wouldn't worship those gods. They wanted to worship the invisible God that was over the heavens and the earth. And so they want to worship the most high God. Not just God on the highest mountain. The most high God. That's where that comes from. That's the God Abraham wanted to worship, the Most High God. So they rejected that. But then God saw something about Abraham and his faith, and God says, I want that man out. And he called Abraham out. He said, I'm going to show you, I'm going to take you to a different place with me and come out from your family. And Abraham went down south to Canaan because God wanted him to go back down where. And Abraham, you know the story. Abraham went with Lot. And then now what happened is Lot, God blessed them financially and everywhere. And Lot separated from Abraham. Now in Genesis 14, something happened. Four kings, Shadom Mahola, let's say those words from scripture. Four kings, one of the kings, four kings came and they destroyed the villages and the countries all around, uh, Lot was in Sodom. And they went to Sodom and Gomorrah, and these four kings, they banded together, and they, they were just conquering all over the place. And they conquered Lot, and they captured Lot, and took everything that the king of Sodom had, Gomorrah, everything, they took just four. And some, one of those guys escaped and went to tell Abraham, before he became Abraham. And they said to Abraham, look, this is what's happened. These four kings came with their armies and they've taken everybody. Now, you know what's happened? Abraham got 318 men that were born in his household that he himself had trained. And then he told, took them and they went about 300 miles up north. To fight just 318 men. And as they were going, 
the Spirit of God was upon them. Can I hear an amen? And 318 men defeated all those armies. Just 318 men. How could that happen? How can you take just 318 men and you can destroy four different armies? Thousands of men. We're talking about 318. So Abraham, he re- Abraham understood there was something different about this whole issue. And the, the key there is this. The few defeat the many. The few defeat the many. And Abraham knew God, this was different. And, and, and the Jewish rabbis, they tell us this. As Abraham was coming back, he understood something that happened. And the spirit of worship came over him. And he wanted to worship God. He just wanted to worship. He knew the Most High God. He wanted to worship the Most High God. And God saw that. And God decided, there's something also that was in him that came from Abraham. Because of the spirit of worship that was on him. Please be bear with me because this is very important. You understand? Because of that spirit of worship that was in Abraham, something rose up in him. He wanted to pay his tithe. Hello. He wanted to pay his tithe to God. And there was no one to receive that. And so God now went to... Let me read this scripture. Amen. This is very important. Okay. Let's go back. This is important. Now, listen. This message is not about tithing. Okay. It's not about tithing. It's just part of it. So you can understand. You know, many times pastor goes to tithe. He says, pastor wants money. Now, you know what I'm telling you. He wants money. That's not about it. Please bear with me. Okay. Now, listen. In Genesis 14, verse 18, it says... Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. First communion. Amen. This was before the law. This was before the law. Melchizedek brought bread and wine. We did that last Sunday, right? He was the priest of God most high. Again, you see that? God most high. And he blessed him and said, Abraham was coming from defeating these four kings, ready to worship, and Melchizedek met him. He said, and Melchizedek said to him, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Four things. Four things. Very important. Possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. That was very important to Abraham. He knew that. And he gave him tithes. So four things. First, Abraham believed in God. Melchizedek blessed him. Because he was of the God Most High. Secondly, he blessed him in the name of God who possessed the heaven and the earth. Thirdly, he blessed him because he was a part of the God who had delivered 
him from all of his enemies. And the fourth thing, he gave him time. Now, Abraham came, he was coming from the defeat of these four kings. He wanted to worship God. There was a spirit of worship over him, and he wanted to pay tithe. So God went to Melchizedek, king of Salem, which became Jerusalem, king of peace. We're going to go back to that when we go to Hebrews chapter 7. And he said to, God said to the, the rabbi, said, this is what happened. We Christians don't understand. But they have their own way of understanding scriptures. We read the Bible, but the rabbis have been taught from the way, all the way down from Moses. They don't understand the scriptures. They said, Abraham was so filled with the spirit of worship, something that's never happened came into his heart. He wanted to pay his tithes. It's never been heard before. No one has ever done that before. And so God went to Melchizedek and says, Now, I found a man. He's called Abraham. He's worshipping God. And he, he believes that I am the most high God. He doesn't worship idols. He believes, Abraham, you see, I found this guy. He said, God was excited. He believes that I am the most high God. Number one. Secondly, he believes that I am the possessor of the heavens and the earth. And thirdly, he believes that I am the one that will deliver him from all of his enemies. He believes that. And look, he's in that spirit of worship and he wants to pay his tithes. And I don't, want, I don't have anybody to receive it. Can you go and receive that for me? Can you go and receive that? Because he let me read this scripture and finish. Because you will see Abraham also confessing this with his own mouth. This is where Christianity hits the road. Hello? You guys are too quiet. You know, after Abraham gave him tithe, in verse 21, it says, Now the king of Sodom uh, said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. In other words, take the spoil. Because Abraham just gave tenth of everything. All put them in the hands of Melchizedek. And the king of Sodom said, Well, you take the spoil and, uh, and uh, give me the people. Verse 22 says, Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God. What did he call him? The Lord God who is the most high God. I raised my hands to the Most High God. I believe in that God. Look at the next thing it says. Who is the possessor of heaven and earth? That's what he believed. That's what he believed. That God can do for you what he does in heaven. Amen. And the next thing is, Abraham realized he's delivered. Look, look at what he says. He's the possessor of heaven and earth. That he will take, uh, he says, I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap. And that I will not take anything that is yours. Lest you should say, I made Abraham rich. No, no, no. If I'm going to be wealthy, he's going to come from the Lord Most High. Who is the possessor of heaven and earth. I'm not taking a penny from you. I don't want you having an opportunity to boast that you gave me something. I'm depending on him. He'll make me rich. Can I hear an amen? He'll make me rich. Because I believe 
in the God most high. I also believe he owns everything. Now let me let you know, Satan doesn't have, he doesn't have anything that he owns on the earth. Not even a blade of grass. Owns nothing. And Abraham recognized that that's the God. He owns everything. You know why we're talking about? That's why we are children of Abraham. We must realize that. That we as children of Abraham, uh, we are the sons of God, most high, who owns everything. Everything. And he's not holding it back from us. Amen? He's not holding it back from us. He's the possessor of heaven and earth. Abraham says, no, 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 no. I don't want you to have that boast. You can't boast about that. That's how Abraham obtained the blessing when he basically went after he heard those words. He's never met Melchizedek before. And we can go to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 20 there. He says Jesus was made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So he actually gave his tithe to the one who was the priest as he worshipped God. That was part of his worship. A lot of people give money to God. You're not paying your tithe unless he's worship. It's not about money. It's about worship. Abraham was in the spirit of worship. He wanted to worship the most high God. He wouldn't worship idols. He knew God possessed everything in heaven and on earth. He knew that God can deliver him from all of his enemies. All of his enemies. He knew that. And so was established this principle. The few defeat the many. Please don't shed a tear for Israel. Hello? They've been fighting that country, trying to destroy the country. You can't destroy Israel. This principle has been established. That's what was getting Abraham so excited. The few defeat the many. Don't you have troubles in your life? There seem to be so many. Financial trouble, children's trouble, marriage trouble, whatever it is. Don't we believe in Jesus, the Most High God? Don't we believe that Jesus is the name that's given to us? We sang about it this morning. He's that name that's above every other name. You know what we are saying? The Most High God. That's what we believe. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every knee must bow. No matter what the problem is, we have the many coming at us. People that don't like you, they don't want you to progress, they speak against you, they are like your enemies, you are a few, then there are things that are coming against you, sickness, disease, trying to put you down. There are many, but there is a principle that has been established by God. The few defeat the many. Why? Because we have come under the umbrella of the blessing. Your paths are dripping with abundance. Can I hear an amen? Your paths are dripping with abundance. They're coming to you. But you have to have Abraham's faith that God is the possessor of heaven 
and earth. And he's keeping nothing away from us. You know, you can read in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 3. He says, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And then you can read this in Second Peter from verse 1 to 3. He says how His divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything has been given to us. Why? Because we are under the, the blessing. We are under the blessing. The blessing of Abraham. Yes, brother, I will. <laughs> Thank you. Under the blessing. You know, in Hebrews chapter 7, it tells us about Melchizedek. This is so important. Please get this. You know, people fighting about different things. I need to really move on. I have a lot. But please give me time. I have a lot this morning. I got to go through. This is, this is exciting. It says, For Melchizedek, verse 1 through 4, King of Salem, Salem, priest of the Most High God. We're talking, this is New Testament now, right? <laughs> We're still talking about the Most High God. Higher than everything. The name of Jesus God has given him a name that's above every other name. And that's what we have. And guess what the Bible tells us? He says, to you first, God, after he raised Jesus from the dead, he sent him to what? To bless you. You know what that means? To put on you the blessing. So everywhere you go, the blessing follows you. The blessing. And when you have children, guess what? Just like with Abraham, guess what happens? The blessing comes upon them. Whether they like it or not, it's coming upon them. Can I hear an amen? Because what belongs to you, belongs to him. And so, the blessing comes upon you. I feel like shouting. Woo! It's the blessing. King of Salem who met Abraham returning from the slaughter. He blessed him. So we're going back again. In the New Testament in Hebrews. From the slaughter of the kings. Hello. And what did he do? He blessed him. He blessed him. He pronounced upon Abraham after he received the tithe. He pronounced upon Abraham the blessing. And guess what? That blessing went on Isaac. And the Philistines envied him. He became the envy. And now God has made us the blessing. You know, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. You are the salt of the earth. They won't taste anything good without me. Amen. You are the light of the world. They will be in darkness without us. They need us. They just don't know it. Amen. They need us. He came from the slaughter of the kings. And he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed him. He says, to whom also Abraham gave a tent. Part of all. First being translated this king, king of righteousness. Guess what? King of righteousness. 
You know, Abraham, he got his righteousness. He dealt with Melchizedek by faith. King of righteousness. And then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. You know, we have the prince of peace after the other. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither begin, beginnings of, day, of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a, peace, a priest continually. So the point I'm making, I know regardless of your argument about tithing, can you imagine if Jesus was standing here and you are excited about the most high God he has his hands out it's time to bring your tithe how happy you get when he pronounces he receives the tithe and then he pronounces the blessing on you that uh, when you walk out of this place you'll be walking in cloud nine whatever that is you know you got the blessing now listen to what he says in verse 8 here where we are, moral men receive tithe. But there, he receives them of whom it is witness, he lives. So you pay your tithe, but guess who receives them? Jesus. And then, what you get back is the blessing. When God, and I'm going to Malachi now. When God says you rob me, he's not talking about you taking his money. You can't take his money. You robbed him of the privilege of blessing you. Putting the blessing upon your life. Let me go to Malachi. 586 years uh, before Christ, Nebuchadnezzar came in and... uh, he took the children of Israel and carried them to Babylon. Destroyed the temple, destroyed the wall, and carried some of the young people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those that were surprising, wise men that could have taken over the nations and took them to Babylon and kept them there for 70 years. You know what happened? Before Nebuchadnezzar came, they had forgotten about the Lord, the Most High God. When you forget the Lord, the Most High God, you do your thing, your own thing. They forgot about the God who is the possessor of heaven and earth. And then they started worshipping idols that their parents forsook. And they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They no longer believed that God possessed the heaven and the earth and it would meet their needs. They were doing their own thing. They no longer supplied for the temple anymore. They forgot they forsook everything. And God says, that's the way you're going to do. They carried them away. But then, after they've been there for 70 years, God decided, I'll bring them back. You know, if you read in Ezekiel chapter 36, God says, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for my name's sake. Because the people are talking. They're talking and crazy stuff about me because of the, your foolish acts. 
but I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'll still bless you even though I feel like killing you. I feel like killing you. So he brought them back. He brought them back to the land. If you read in Malachi, and let's go back to that scripture, Malachi chapter 3. He says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Basically, if I follow the ways you've been acting, I'll kill every one of you. But I, I, I don't change. So I, that's why you're still alive. That's why I'm still alive. I don't change. So he says, Yet, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? You know, I've read this scripture so many times, and I had my mind, I didn't understand what was going on. May God help you understand what's going on here today. This is so important. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? And then God asked, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me from even this whole nation. Notice, God's not dealing with just one person. That's why we're talking every one of us. Let's do this. You've robbed me. Uh, this whole nation. Bring all, how many? All the tithes into the storehouse. Just like Abraham did. Bring it to the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. So the gospel can be preached around the world. And try me with this. Prove me now. Try me with this. Says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open. Remember. Open the windows of heaven. Where did we hear this word before? With Noah. When God opened the windows of heaven. And then he said. So that they were to receive a blessing. And pour out for you. Such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. So what's God saying? They returned back to the land, but they didn't return to God. They built their own houses. I talked about this from Zachariah before. They were building their own houses. They still didn't care much about the temple. The walls, they still didn't believe in the Lord, the Most High. They thought to themselves, we've come back to the, the land, God. We came back. We're doing our best. But God says, no, you've not come back all the way. You have not returned to me. And they said, what are you talking about? Where is the gate? How do we come back to you? They wanted to know. Tell us how to come back to you. And then God says, well... This is the way to come back to me. Amen? Give me the tithe. You robbed me. You robbed me of my privilege of putting the blessing upon you. You've done that to me. And he says, why don't you do it? Try me. Try me. 
Why is this so important? I don't know. It seems to me, back with to Melchizedek, until you obey God and he sees the same kind of faith that you have, that spirit of worship. He came to seek those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The reason why you can't give it is because there is no faith. Hello? There is no faith. You can't be a child of Abraham. There is no faith. He was willing to let go. And then God places the blessing on him. And when you hesitate, there is no faith. You can be a child of Abraham. God cannot pour the blessing. God says, you guys are holding my hands back. I want to bless you. But you're holding me back. In that way, you're robbing me. Because when I bless you, I put you on a hill so the world can see. The world can see. Amen? I put you there. So God said to return to him. So he can put his blessing upon them. And the question is, somebody says, Why, have you ever received a blessing where you don't have room enough to keep it, to contain it? What does that mean? I've been always able to give me God, I know the bank. I'll put it there. How can you say a blessing and that you will not have room enough to, to contain it? What? What are you talking about? I have room enough. So what does this mean? A rabbi told tell us this. It's a blessing that is perpetual. Never leaves. Never ending. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. If you have something that is being poured and, uh, at you, after a while you'll be running crazy finding a place to keep it. You know, it says, What's going on? If God opens the windows of heaven. You know what happened with the windows of heaven? When he opened the windows of heaven during the days of Noah, the earth could not contain it. Right? God says, I will open the windows of heaven. You see, well, we're missing it. When God opens the windows of heaven, you can't contain it. The earth couldn't. When God did it, just only two times in scriptures. Two times in scriptures. Noah and in Malachi. You see how we miss God a lot? We need to come under the covering of the blessing. If you don't remember anything from this message, remember the blessing. The blessing. It's not about time. Many people give. They pay the tenth. But they are not worshipping. Hello? Abraham was in the spirit of worship. Don't wonder he said, well, I give the tithe. I tried it before. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. You didn't worship God. You were upset that you had to give. Anytime pastor talks about that, he started again. He started again. Pastor must be looking for money. Then you're not worshiping. It's not right. That's because we don't have understanding. The Lord Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. What he can do for you in heaven, he can do for you right now. Amen. He will deliver you from all of your enemies. Not some, all of them. All of them. He'll deliver you. 
the enemies that come in the form of people <laughs> and in the, the enemies that come in the form of money in the bank account, how many know there are very many? The enemies that come against your children and they are asking crazy. God said, the possessor of heaven and earth, he can deliver you from how many of your enemies? All of your enemies. And when you believe him that way, he's found a friend. That's why Jesus told the disciples, I no longer call you. Because they said, we now know, before he said that, we know that you are of God. You came from God. And we know you are going back to God. They said that to him. We know you know all things. And nobody has to teach you anything. You know all things. They knew who he was. And then Jesus said to them, I no longer call you servants. You are Abraham to me. Friends of God. Amen? Friends of God. If you have a real good friend, if you have a real good friend, it's a friend that's closer than a brother. If you're going through something, they're there with you. Jesus calls you friend. When you come under what I call the blessing. Amen? I still have things to do, but time. Yes. Let me finish with this. Bear with me just five minutes. You know, our pastor say, uh, finally, and then let me come back ten minutes later and say, finally, and you have to forgive them. <laughs> We're not going there, but this is the last scripture, believe me. <laughs> and it's cut it out there, but uh, Philippians chapter 4. This is important. You see, In Genesis chapter 15, God came to, I just told you something, the last scripture and I went somewhere else, right? <laughs> oh God, how precious by God, how precious. <laughs> well, it's not the last scripture, okay? <laughs> you guys forgive me, okay? <laughs> okay, Genesis 15, God came to Abraham and said, Right after Genesis 14, his encounter with uh, Melchizedek. Genesis 15, God came to Abraham. He said, look, I am... He says, don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your exceedingly great reward. And guess, guess what Abraham said to him? <laughs> Abraham says, yeah, I heard that, but what would you give me? Hello? Read it. It's there. It says, Abraham said to God, Yeah, I heard that, that you are my exceeding great reward, but what would you give me? It's not wrong to ask God. Amen? The friend of God asked. When you are right with God, you can ask Him. God wasn't upset at Abraham. He said to Abraham, Abraham said, Look, I don't have a son. You bless me. I have money. I have everything. But you're talking about you will make me a great, into a great nation. I don't have a son. This Eliezer, the servant born in my house, he owns, he's going to inherit everything you've given to me. I don't have a son. God said, no, no, no. No. You will have a son. He's going to come from you. And God said, come, 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 Abraham. Look, look, look at the sky. 
I want you to number the stars. And Abraham went, one, two, three. God, and I can't number. There's just too many. And God says, those are the, that's according to God's love. Those are the faces of your sons. And he says, you can't number the sand in the seashore. Those are your children. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God when God told him that, and it was counted to him for righteousness. You can ask God. If you're doing right with God, when things come against you, ask him, God has done everything. What would you give me? They've told us not to even expect to get anything from God, just worship God. God didn't say that. That's according to man. God says, when you serve me, I'll bless you. Not only bless you, I'll bless your children. And I'll keep blessing their children after them. That's the God that we serve. Philippians chapter 4, the final scripture. <laughs> okay. You can laugh at me, it's okay. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving. See, there is a principle called giving and receiving in the scriptures. We read scriptures and we just go by. When you don't give, don't expect nothing. If you don't sow, you can reap. This is principles. They are as good as the law of gravity. You, they dealt with him concerning not just giving. Paul would have said giving and stop. Concerning giving. No, but it's giving and receiving. You have a right as a child of God under the blessing to receive from God. But also to pass it on. Amen? Pass it on. So God gives it to you, you pass it on. Amen? Concerning giving and receiving. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epidatus the things sent from you, a sweet, he started describing what they sent to him, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to who? Did they give it to God or to Paul? See? They gave it to Paul. According to the Holy Spirit, he was well-pleasing to God. Because he was given out of faith. Amen? And so you give, you receive. You give, you receive. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ. But how can you quote that scripture when you're not giving anything? And my God will supply all my needs. Oh, be quiet. You never give me anything. It's the principle of giving and receiving. Amen? And you see that? And you do it out of worship. Worshiping God with it. Amen? You cannot give a cent to God 
and he won't bless you. This is not about money. I don't talk about that. But I want and I've been praying that God will open your eyes so that you will give him the privilege to bless you. You don't have to give it to the Ark Fellowship. If you pass it somewhere else, but prove God in your own, for your own self. Amen? Prove God for your own self and see how he will deal with you. But do it in faith. And expect to receive back. Why? Because God said to expect it back. Prove me means expect it. Right? Try me means expect me to do what I said to do. Amen? All heads bow. If you're here this morning and you haven't made a commitment to Christ, I want you to enter into the blessing. Amen? By becoming a child of God and a seed of Abraham. As you believe in God this morning. For me, it's been so beautiful serving this living God. I have no fear for the now. And the future is bright because one day if Jesus tarries, I'll be here doing good. But if he comes, I'm up with him and will be with God forever all heads bowed how many will want to make a commitment to Christ this morning and choose him as your Lord and Savior that's the way faith in Christ you say look I have never really committed my life by faith to the Lord Jesus and I want him to know that I, I need him in my life and I believe in him the Most High God, just like Abraham, I want to be a friend of God. If that's you this morning, at the count of three, please raise your hand and we're going to pray and God, Jesus, will come into your life. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. So we got all believers here this morning and we're grateful to God. Stand up with me. How many want to enter into that blessing? Under the umbrella of the blessing. For me, this is going to be an unusual year for our church. I feel the spirit already. The thing that I'm praying for is for unity in obedience. Notice when God spoke to Malachi, he spoke in Malachi, through Malachi, he wasn't speaking to one individual. He was speaking to the whole nation. And I'm pleading with the church, our church members, let's work together in unity and watch what God will do. Not just for our church, but for your family. He's going to amaze you. You'll be so shocked when, the, when we come to the end of the year, we'll be amazed as to how much God has blessed us. Sometimes God will bless you, you are not aware, and then all of a sudden it opens your eyes to say, wow. And then you lift your hands up in worship. That's what I'm believing God for this year. And that's why I'm bringing this message to you also. So that we can walk in faith. If every one of us would commit ourselves to walking for God. And living for Him. And being faithful. Remember I've already said here. Obedience is the master key. And don't be a forgetful hearer. If you do what God says. Then God will bless you. And I want to see God blessing His people. Let's lift our hands up to God this morning and let's tell him, God, I am committed to you. 
No looking back and not turning to the right or turning to the left and not turning anywhere. I am going to serve you. Even if no one goes with me, I will serve you. I will be in your house. I will worship you. I'll give. I will call you the Most High God. Lord, I will confess with my mouth that you are the possessor of heaven and the earth. I will also confess with my mouth that you can and will deliver me from everything, every person, all of my enemies. But God, I will worship you with my tithes, according to the scriptures, so that you can cover me with the blessing. Father, I thank you for your people this morning. Bless everyone that's heard this message. There is faith in your heart right now because your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is faith in your people's heart this morning and you will cover them with their blessing, the blessing of Abraham. Thank you, Father, for their children, for their finances, for their homes, their mortgages, everything that concerns them is blessed all under the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. We're going to be taking our offering.